When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. All right, welcome back to episode 175 of Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast. Tonight, it is just me and Ethan. Jared is Jared is not with us tonight. I think for the first time in a few weeks, um, he's not with us. But that's not going to stop us. The show goes on. We are bringing to you guys, we're going to give a recap and thoughts of week one NFL and college football week two takeaways um and then we are also going to give you our weekly picks of course we're also going to throw in a buy sell or hold uh, from this week's nfl performances so let's roll through uh started off main topic of the night nfl week one we're going to go through the games give you guys our Thoughts, what we what we think moving forward with the team, what we thought of the game, biggest takeaways from them, yada, yada. We'll just go start Thursday night football. Bills, Rams. Uh, me and Jarrett talked about the Bills hype train being too high. Looks like they they did pretty damn well. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, with thinking that it was going to be too – or with thinking that the hype train was too high because it was. I mean, everybody and their brother – was on the bills coming into the season. They kind of showed why people were on their hype train. Um, I still think, you know, and we're going to talk about this, I think with the rest of the teams that we talk about today, but we're going to need to see more, right? They played the Rams. They beat the shit out of them. Um, That's a pretty good indicator of maybe how their season's going to go, but also it's one week. So we have to see how they're going to do in the coming weeks the competition they play, we might be wrong about the Rams. Like it could be the complete opposite. Maybe the Rams just aren't that good and we'll find out. But uh, yeah, no, they, the, the bills look pretty damn good Thursday night. Yeah, they did. I, I think, I think we all knew the Rams were going to take a step down, right. From what, uh, from the Super Bowl winning team they had last year, it was very obvious that Cooper cup is one of their only weapons, if not their only weapon on offense, uh, but that's not going to stop him. He's still going to shine. He did 13 catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Their backfield is a mess, but it was a mess last year to an extent. Um, Cam Akers, three carries, zero yards. Barely saw the field. 
what do you do here? We, we can, we can just kind of implement that right now. Buy, sell, hold cam makers. <laughs> um, I mean, if it were me, so I, I like to think of this in a fantasy perspective, right? Because that's the closest we're ever going to get to being able to manage a guy like that. <laughs> um, right. For me, I'd hold because you, you know, maybe it's them still worried about the lingering effects of the injury that he had, even though he did come back at the end of last year. You know, coming into this season, maybe they're like, let's ease him into the offense. Let's ease him in. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he was it pretty doesn't. active in the playoffs. He was, and and he had a whole offseason to recover. So that's why it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's just that my, that's like my only thought process because I didn't hear any reports of him looking bad in camp. Maybe I just missed that. Um, I did hear reports that Daryl Henderson looked good, but I didn't know if it was going to be enough for him to take the majority of the snaps. So um, just surprising all around. I'm holding for now because I think that he'll improve. I think he'll get more touches. But ultimately, if if Daryl Henderson's the guy, then Cam Akers is just going to kind of sit on the back burner. Yeah, and with and with fantasy perspective in mind, after the performance and what everyone saw him do last week, the amount of touches he got, no one's going to be buying him anyway. So no. your sell on him is not going to be anything. Hold is really the only thing you can do. So I, I think your options are right now hold. And then <laughs> if he shits the bed, he's going to be a drop. So uh, it's going to be a sell for, for nothing for sell for a waiver wire claim. Um, yep. So that was bills. Rams bills looked really good. Rams on the other hand, they, they have a lot to work on. Um, let's hop on into Sunday. First game I have on tap Pat's dolphins. Uh, this one was very, very, very sweet victory for me and Jared. I know that. It really wasn't much of a surprise, though. I think we all knew the Patriots weren't going to be as as good as they were in years past. Not a big Mac Jones believer this weekend showed that. He's just not. I mean, he's not Tom Brady, obviously. He's not going right. to take your team to that next level. Two, on the other hand, me and Ethan were just talking about this beforehand. He had some very promising plays, and then he also had some doy-doy plays where – there's just what the fuck are you doing? He uh, he he eats sacks. He he moves like he's stuck in the mud, and he makes stupid throws at certain times. But other than that, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, that combination is nasty. Yeah, I think that what's really nice for Tua this year is that it's going to be hard for him to look bad when you've got guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle who are so fast can uh, run routes with such precision that if you make a mistake, they're going to make up that ground for it. Whether yeah. you overthrow them, underthrow them, they, they somehow, I mean, I didn't get to watch much of that game, but correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like there was a play um, that I'm thinking of. It was on like the left sideline where Tua underthrew Tyreek Hill a little bit and Tyreek came back and got the ball um, and made a play on it where other guys probably wouldn't have had a chance to catch that ball. I It was, interse- it was intercepted and Tyreek Hill had the athleticism to turn around and pretty much yank it out of the defender's hand. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. I mean, with the offense, Tua does not have to throw the ball downfield too much. Uh, he had a couple passes over 20 yards. Outside of that, everything's just short passes and you, you just let them do their thing in open space. And that's going to be good. On the other hand, I think this is kind of where we see the Patriots start to, make their fall off or the end of the bill Belichick era uh, Tua, one of o- only 
three quarterbacks to be unbeaten in multiple games versus Bill Belichick. Hmm. That's a fun stat. He is now 4-0. If he can beat them in Foxborough to end the year, he'll have the he'll be 5-0, which I would believe is the best record against Bill Belichick. Probably, yes. Um, I think another... right now it's John Elway. Wow, that's some company. <laughs> Pretty early on. Uh, I think another thing we can look at with this game, too, is two things. One, the people who are like, oh, but Mac Jones is a pro bowler. No, he's a pro bowler by trade because 18 quarterbacks decided to say <laughs> no. Um, still does not mean he's top tier. The dude is a bottom tier NFL quarterback. You cannot convince me otherwise. And then I think on the flip side, you know, kind of hand in hand, I, I think that the Dolphins defense looked really good. Yes, they didn't play a high powered offense, and, but they still held them to seven points and they looked good while doing so. So I think that that's something that the Dolphins moving forward, you can kind of look at as this offense got a lot better, but I think this defense looked pretty good too. And they've been good in the past couple of years, but I think that they're, they're keeping that, uh, keeping that same energy, I guess. Yeah. They did that well without their, one of the highest paid quarterback cornerbacks in the league and Byron Jones, Byron Jones was out for this game. So uh, very good. Looked good for them. Not so good for the Patriots. Next on tap, we had the Saints and Falcons. Uh, this one was not easy one for the Saints. They won 27-26. This game was just a shit show. I, I think for, I for all points. It did hurt. This was Ethan's lock of the week, quote unquote, for three units. Uh, and it was never it was never in question that bet was hitting or not. Where, that, where that, does it hurt, Jameis? It hurts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> hurts all hurts over. everywhere. Um, I don't, I just don't know. Like, yeah, they scored 27 points, but the saints did not look good. I think if anything that's promising with this team is the way that they came back. Like they were dead in the water. They were down 16 points into the fourth quarter and they somehow managed to fight back and win. I think that's promising moving forward, but you also did it against the Falcons who looked good early on. Don't get me wrong, but they're not a good team. And, and they're not going to be a good team moving forward. So I don't think we're really going to know who the Saints are until they play the Bucks this week. That's fair. That's fair. My, I just, I don't know what they're doing with their offense. Like there's not yeah. enough consistency out there. You bring, you try it out Taysom Hill and he'll, he'll pop off a play and you trot James Winston back out for a couple plays. And then you put Taysom Hill back in there. Like they're relying on Taysom Hill's explosiveness and quirky plays to get this team where they need to be, and I don't like it at all. I mean, that's that's kind of what got not necessarily got them back into it, but started their like a little comeback. Taysom Hill had like a fifty-something yard run, and then an eleven-yard touchdown run. On the other hand, uh, the Falcons they didn't look too bad. No, they really didn't. And Marcus you know Mariota looked-, looked solid. You know, it looked really good and uh, kind of throws our our prediction from the Falcons a rent in a wrench, I guess, is Cordero Patterson. Yeah, like, I did not expect that at all to run like that against the Saints. Twenty two carries, 120 yards. Um, Marco Mariota himself had 12 carries for 72 yards. So they ran all over the Saints defense, too, which I thought was impressive in itself. Yeah, 201 total rushing yards for the Falcons. Uh, Mariota threw for 215 even himself. And But what I find funny, outside of that, 
Kyle Pitts, two catches, hmm. 19 yards on seven targets. And let's, to him. Enough of the Kyle Pitts hype. Let's let's bump that down. People were comparing him to Travis Kelsey and yeah. all these high end tight ends. Let's let's stop that shit right now. And you can so, even talk about how you know, oh, they're not throwing the ball to him. Well, you're not wrong, but one, there's probably a reason for that. And two, um doesn't make a difference. The dude still had two catches for 19 yards. If you want to argue fantasy, why are you taking him in the third round? You should have seen this coming in this offense in general. Even though the offense looked good, you still got Marcus Mariota behind the helm who's going to run the ball more than he passes, it seems uh-huh. like. They're going to run the ball heavy anyways. Um, so I just I don't see the volume for him. So for them to be saying, like, oh, he's going to come out and be some top-tier tight end, he's not going to get the looks to to do that. I mean, he, he tied team lead for targets with seven. Drake London also had seven. But I don't know if it's just this, it's like not a schematic fit or what they're doing wrong. But two catches, 19 yards. It's not uh, what I want out of my fantasy tight end. I looked at that wrong because I thought he only had three targets. I was looking at Hodges' uh, stat line right above him. So seven targets. I did not realize that. So yeah, I mean, whether whether he was getting hit and dropping passes or whether it just, you're, you're right, maybe not a schematic fit for that offense. Um, just not working out for him down there. Yeah, not at all. Marcus Mariota, on the other hand, returning to his uh, Oregon days. That's what he looked like this week. Don't know if it's going to be sustainable or if it's really going to matter. I still think that they will be at the bottom bottom end of that division. Saints, on the other hand, they have some things to clean up. Might be a team I fade for the next couple weeks to see if they can do that. Yeah. Um, next up, 49ers-Bears. The tsunami game. I didn't watch hardly any of this game. I'm going to say that out right up to the front. There was never on red zone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, never. <laughs> and I, I don't have red zone this year, at least not yet. So uh, I didn't get to watch much of many games. I did flip on here and there on my phone to pull up some games, but otherwise was just flipping back and forth between a couple. I didn't get to watch much of this one either. I am just going to be one to argue based on the highlights I've seen. Regardless, monsoon or not, both of those quarterbacks are trash. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Don't care. Don't care what the weather conditions were like. Justin Fields, 8 of 17, 121 yards, two touchdowns with eight completions and one pick. Trey Lance, 164 yards, one pick. I mean, they both are not are not going to be good. I Granted, also, Justin was, Fields had 50 yards on one of his throws. So he had half of his total yards on one throw. The rest of the rest of the game he went 7 for 16 for 60 yards. Like not great. Yeah, I mean, anyone if you have anyone in this offense for fantasy, it's not looking good, good for you. On the other side, I I saw this coming from a mile away with the 49ers. Literally the only thing 
that is going to get the ball for them in the end zone is going to be Debo Samuel. Yeah, that's literally that's going to be and it. their running backs can't stay healthy, so he better hope they don't turn him into a running back only this year. He's going to get hurt too. He he managed to get eight carries for fifty two yards, which was more than yeah. what I thought was going to happen. But again, in the air, like you're you're relying on him to run the ball because he yeah, had two catches for fourteen yards and eight targets. It's crazy to me that year in and year out, their running backs get hurt the way they do. I don't know if it's their <laughs> training staff. I don't yeah, know if it's training the way they run the football or their it's luck, bad. but man, it's it's every year. Every single year, whether it's Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, um, Jarek McKinnon, uh, you just date it back to years and years, and they just get hurt every year. Tevin Coleman. Yep. So okay, a big part of that, is look at kind of what's happened when they leave. We'll find out this year with Raheem Moster because he's on the Dolphins. Jarek McKinnon, while yes, he is a backup now, he's not really getting hurt. Uh, I think Te- I don't know where yeah. Tevin Coleman is. Well, and he never really got hurt with Minnesota either. Like he left because he was a backup in Minnesota and he was doing great when uh, Cook went down. Mm-hmm. Well, it might have been his rookie year or second year. Um, and so they were like, fuck, let's give him a contract because the dude's actually pretty damn good. And as soon as he gets there, hurts. Maybe uh, maybe there's something in that grass. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, no, they're in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe these fucking running backs can't run on real grass and need to run on turf. Well, I guess uh, in Elijah Mitchell's defense, it was a monsoon. Probably hard to plant your feet in that, but still. Sucks. Sucks for him. But yeah, I mean, other than that, very, very good start for my ass tat bet. Uh, a loss for the 49ers, <laughs> which I was not expecting them to lose this game, so that is perfect. No. I thought, wh- whatever, they're going to get one win out of the way immediately. No, so that's great. I only need, what, six more losses from them. Six more losses. Well, that's we'll get into my ass tat later, but uh, I'm looking pretty good too, so. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, outside of that. I think that's it for Bears Niners. Next, Steelers Bengals. This game, I think, is one that the entire country was watching. Uh, lots of shit happened. Joe Burrow could not fucking figure out anything. I don't know what's going on with this Bengals team. Was last year a fluke or was this game a fluke? I think what we have to remember is that, and what a lot of people forget is the Bengals were only 10 and 7 last year. So were they were they really an elite team to begin with, or did they just have a really good run down the stretch? Um, I think part of this is that the Steelers' defense might be better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, not four interceptions and a fumble better by the quarterback, but still a lot better. Um, T.J. Watt did go down, so that's going to be a big blow for however long that ends up being an issue. Probably going to be the season. But yeah. So Can you I mean, share that, your pack. Yeah. I know he's looking for second opinions, but if it's a torn peck, it's a torn peck. There's not really many other opinions. You're I was going to say, uh, <laughs> doctor, I don't believe you. So, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go check some other guy and see if he tells me anything different. Um, Are you sure? Are you, is this your full-time job? That's it. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Joe Burrow, four picks, uh, did manage to still have a lot of yards, 338 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I don't know if anyone on this offense is worth having in any fantasy format outside of Jamar Chase. 
maybe Joe Mixon because he'll get a lot of yeah. volume. But Jamar Chase, 16 fucking targets. Yeah. I was literally about to say uh, Joe Mixon simply, like you said, because of the volume. But I wouldn't. I don't want T. Higgins on my team. I didn't want him when he was available in the draft in general. I like him as a receiver a lot. I just don't think he's going to see the volume like he did last year. Um, I, I mean, I have Joe Burrow in two fantasy leagues, and it hurt a lot on Sunday. I I started out uh, just for everybody so they know uh, a combined one and three in my four leagues. One of them being a dynasty, and I got blown out in two of them. So not a great went, start. So I went <laughs> one and one. In the league that I won in, I had my first three draft picks. Derrick Henry didn't have a great game. Alvin Kamara had a terrible game. T. Higgins. My first three draft picks combined scored for 18 points, and I won that matchup handily. And Higgins did lead with a concussion, but still, like, it wasn't. For 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 the sake of the podcast, and me, because it comes into play. T. Higgins, buy, sell, or hold. I think you got to hold him just because that offense should, should, and I, we're only one week, so I don't want to overreact, should still be pretty dynamic. How um, long do you give him? I don't start him. I Depending on who you have, I guess, uh, I don't start him on my on my roster. I, for I have to. You to have see. to. Well, also, well, it depends too. Is he going to play? Like, has he been cleared? So, if he hasn't been cleared from a concussion protocol, then it doesn't matter. He's going to be on your bench anyways. But if he is starting, I think I sit him depending on who's on my bench and give it a week. Well, he's playing Dallas, so eh. <laughs> so he, he's either going to burn. Uh, he's going to he's going to be put up against freaking Anthony Brown, who you should get 150 yards against. Well, that's true. That's true. I forgot that. Diggs will be on Jamar Chase. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. You're definitely not selling him. You're like, you can't sell him yet. It's week one. I, at this point, like, I think in terms of like actual value and getting rid of people, if you're thinking in fantasy perspective, you're not selling anybody. It's way too early to sell anybody. But um, I don't know. Buying into like hype, I'm I think s- it's too early to to say that T. Higgins is going to turn it around. I'll tell you right now, because I skipped past it on the last one accidentally. I have him in this league. Kamara, sell. Selling him in this offense. Well, he didn't they just got Latavius Murray out. today, too. Really? Yeah. They're bringing it back to, what, 2018 with Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray? Yeah, so I'm selling on, on uh, Alvin Kamara. Well, that's fair. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with that. I didn't. I didn't. I think that was a great performance. I didn't want Kamara on my team anyways. So. On the other side, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who literally beat the reigning AFC champions with Mitch Trubisky. And yeah. essentially, not even essentially, but I'm going to say no run game. No, Chase Claypool was – I can't talk tonight. Chase Claypool. <laughs> Claypool. Um, Claypool. But- Chase Claypool led their team in rushing with six carries for 36 yards. Not nothing. 10 carries for 23 yards, bro. Yeah, that's bad. He wasn't even the worst running back of the week, but that was bad. Um, 
They and will not be able to duplicate tied. this performance. So. No. On the flip side, their leading receiver was Pat Fryermuth. It's 75 receiving yards. So I, that offense also, like we want to talk about like funky offenses that we're trying to feel out after a week. That that offense looked like interesting to me. I was I'm not sure what it's going to look like moving forward. You know, how involved is Deontay Johnson compared to last year? Is Najee Harris going to be even nearly as effective as he should be? I don't know, but it it's tough. They if they don't get the four interceptions, hell, if they don't even get if they only get one pick, they get blown out of the water in this game. Blown out of the water. They are not going to be able to duplicate getting four interceptions week in, week out, getting well, no, that many no. turnovers. Which we get, also I mean you get a burrow six times. So that's another thing too, right? Just seven field position, seven times. Field position, uh, long third down tries. Like that, will that be replicated week in and week out? Not to that volume, at least I don't think. No, I mean Cincinnati's defense did not do bad. They only allowed two hundred sixty-seven yards. It's hard whenever you have a short field for almost yeah, almost four times. Um, didn't look good for him. Bengals wouldn't panic on him yet, but I don't think Joe Burrow is this like saint of a quarterback that everyone thinks he is. Yeah. All right. Next game. Eagles Lions. The Eagles tried to fuck around and lose this game. <laughs> yeah, and it got real close real fast. Yeah. I was looking at this game. I was like, oh, it's over. And then I look up and it's 38-35, and the Lions had a chance too to take the lead, but I don't know what happened there. I mean, they were up 31 to 14 with four minutes left in the third quarter and almost blew this game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, they were they were cruising and things were looking good. I look up and fucking every single running back on Philadelphia's roster is putting the fucking ball in the end zone. Jesus. Uh, Literally. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and Jalen Hurts all had rushing touchdowns. They didn't have a single passing touchdown in this game. Nope. And Jalen Hurts still did amazing. Uh, one thing that you're going to have to look at, or we'll have to look at week in, week out, Jalen Hurts' rushing prop. Because yeah. he was running like no other in this game. Like 17 from the get-go. Carries. 17. He, had like, he had like 50 yards in the first quarter, I want to say. Uh, it was nuts. So you're looking at that on the Lions. On the other hand, I think we uh, we we knew their defense wasn't going to be good. Jared Goff could have done better, but DeAndre Swift, holy shit! Yeah, the not, I mean, he averaged almost a first down a carry. It's insane, like nine point six yards a carry, and you know, especially when. I'm sure the Eagles were playing to stop the run because they were not worried about Jared Goff. And they didn't have to be for the first three quarters. The dude had like 60 yards passing at halftime. So um, it's just crazy what he did, knowing, I think, in my opinion at least, that the Eagles were probably expecting it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it's crazy. And the Eagles usually have a pretty solid defense. Um, they were supposed to at least. From what my understanding, their defensive mm-hmm. line has been solid in years past. 
So to let that up is kind of crazy. And then Amon Ross St. Brown picking up right where he left off from last year. Yep. Uh, 12 targets, eight catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Love that. Have him in both leagues. I was high on him heading this year. I, everyone knew it. We said it, or I said it. I loved him. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Yeah, this year he's he definitely the better my... St. Brown. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Hey, Equinamius did catch a touchdown pass this week though for the Bears. Did he really? But, uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, obviously, still not the better. Still Brown. better. The the better brother, and he is younger. Um, Eagles. What does their future look like? I think they'll be. I think they'll they'll be pretty solid. I do too. I actually. Um, like them a lot for this week. I don't have them in like a pick, but I, I like, I know they play the Ravens. If I'm, my mind serves me correctly. The dolphins play the, the Ravens. The dolphins. That's that's, I just gave away one of my picks. Um, That's where I was thinking of the Ravens. Either way. I do like the, uh, the Eagles moving forward. I think they're clearly now with Dax injury, which we could talk about in a second, clearly the best team in the East um, until proven otherwise. But so I think, if Dax out, like they're saying six to eight weeks, it might be, it might be a cruise for them for the NFC East title. Yeah. I don't think, I don't see any question why it wouldn't be if Dax out for as long as what they're going to say, as long as what they're saying. Lions on the other hand, they're going to play every team close. They're not going to be good, but they will play you close and probably lose. So yeah, I had, I had my preseason prediction that the lions were going to finish second in the NFC. Now, there's only two ways that's going to happen now, and it's the Vikings aren't going to look near as good as they did yesterday, or the Packers are going to finish third, and I really hope it's not the latter. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what happens. We shall see. Um, Heading on, next game, Ravens-Jets. Another game that I watched absolutely nothing of. Yeah, I don't even have much to say about this. The Jets are not going to be good. Joe Flacco, I was worried, might make a difference for that spread bet I had. It did not. Um, I really don't have much more to say about it. I'm not sure what the Ravens offense still is going to look like quite yet. Uh, just because, you know, you have Devin Duvernay who had a great game. Rashad Bateman only had two catches, but he had 60 yards and a touchdown. The rushing game was non-existent for the Ravens, which is mind blowing to me. So that's why I'm a little confused as to see where this offense goes from here, but they've got the job done. The Jets have also beefed up that defensive line over the last couple of years. So, I wouldn't look too much into the run game. They looked solid, uh, holding the Jets only nine points, even with Joe Flacco. Pretty impressive. Other than that, not much to say. 
not much to say on this next game either because I think they're still going to be two pretty shit teams, and it kind of made sense because it was pretty close. The Jags and Commanders. Uh, again, can't really speak on too much of this because this is one of those games that when it was on red zone, uh, I didn't have a bet on it, didn't have any players in it, really just did not care about this game at all. Yeah, well, I had to care about it. Oh, sorry, I had Antonio Gibson, but that's it. (laughs) I had to care about it because it was the only game on on Fox in my area since I'm in D.C. Um, So I watched a good chunk of this game, actually. I probably watched like three of the four quarters, including obviously the end. Um, The only thing I have to say about this game, really, outside of, I don't have much to say about the Jags. I think that they've improved. I don't think it's going to be enough to make a big difference, is that I've always been somebody who has had hope for Carson Wentz. He looked pretty good in this game. He had two mistakes. They were very big mistakes, and I think that that's kind of... But he always does that shit. Well, I was literally about to say, I think that that's kind of what his career has been, right? Is like he looks really good for the majority of the game, and then he makes a huge blunder. His career is one big mistake. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, that's what it is. And so, luckily, this time it did not cost them. It probably should have. That second interception where the Jacksonville Jaguars took the lead should have been like the nail in the coffin. It ended up not being because Carson Wentz actually led them down in a pretty good drive. Um, but otherwise, yes, Carson Wentz looked pretty good in his opening game, but he had two really big mistakes that almost cost them, and that's tailored to what he's been doing his whole career. Yeah, and on the on the flip side of the ball, Christian Kirk showing out to be kind of what they paid him. Yeah, six catches, hundred and seventeen yards. Uh, no touchdowns, so but he got 12 targets, so he's definitely getting involved in that offense. They have a lot of guys who, you know, were supposed to be good, never really developed. Zay Jones was a big prospect coming up. He had a decent game. Marvin Jones, um, he had, you know, a handful of catches. My thing with this offense, they have got to get Travis Etienne involved in the game more. Somehow, but the – I do like James Robinson a lot. Like the dude, I was shocked when they drafted a running back and drafted ETN because I was like, well, James Robinson just had an incredible year as an undrafted rookie, but I think they can get him involved in the offense in other ways too. They can still give him carries. They can still give him backfield work, but I think that he can get a lot more involved in the passing game as well. I think, I think they play on that, but I think he needs to touch us too. I mean, the dude averaged almost 12 yards of carry on four, on four rushes. Uh, whether you split him with him and James Robinson, I don't care. You got to get him involved more. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and him played together in college. So got to, got to get that going on the other side of things. I think both teams futures for this year are not going to be that great. Uh, here's a game that really fucking severely pissed me off the Browns and Panthers. Uh, Browns won 26, 24 on a last second 58 yard field goal by Cade York. That was absolute bullshit. Let's just jump into the ending first. Um, I don't know. Were you watching this? I did not get to watch it, no. So the Browns get the ball back with, I don't know, a minute or so left. It might not even have been that much. It was right, roughly. I don't care to go look. But first play of the drive, uh, Jacoby Brissett gets hit. But he gets like backed into on his own guy, and the other and the defensive lineman put his hand up, never hit his face ever, didn't even touch his face mask, just hit his arm, throw flag, unnecessary roughness. Uh, goes obviously gets 15 yards, so that's kind of a big damper on the drive. I mean, they're getting the ball to 40. So, what do you got? You 
basically just got to get 20 yards from there on out. So they get down to where they need to where they get in, you know, field goal territory. Jacoby Brissett hikes it, fake snap or fake spikes it, looks up and then then spikes it. By rule, that's supposed to be intentional grounding. Intentional they grounding. they yep. threw the flag. The flag was thrown on the field. They go out and pick it up, come out, game-winning field goal. Wow. Yeah, no, if he if he Bullshit. delays at all, it has to be an immediate. There can't be any other movement, if I'm correct, like any other football move outside of just straight-up hike spike. Um, so if it was anything other than that, then, yeah, that's intentional grounding. And there's no question about it. Yeah, so – I don't know what the thought process in that was. Obviously, kicks game when you field goal, whatever. I wanted to see Baker Mayfield win that game. That was my only NFL pick I had, too. Granted, it wasn't going to hit, but I personally had Panthers just money line because come Sunday morning, it was like minus one. So I just took a yeah. money line instead of two and a half, which is what when we recorded on last Tuesday. Yep. So that hurt. Uh, wasn't fun. And made him mad. Other than that, I don't see the Browns doing well with Jacoby Brissett still, even though they won this game. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I mean, their running backs looked really good. Don't get me wrong, but that I don't know if that's going to be enough to uh, get you through eleven plus weeks of mediocre quarterback play. Probably, if I had to guess. So, yeah, the Panthers will find things out. I mean, Baker Mayfield first game with the Panthers. Uh, Chris, they just didn't get Christian McCaffrey the ball enough on first down, which I think was a big issue. Um, I just don't think they got him involved enough in general. I think that that is a product, though, of new quarterback, learning a new system, um, kind of getting your feet wet with the new team. But yeah, I was, I think the one takeaway that I had from this game for me, from a fantasy perspective, since that's the only reason I was paying attention to it, is what the fuck was going on with the running backs in this game. Like Nick Chubb had hella carries and hella yards but then kareem hunt gets both the touchdowns and then on the flip it's side every of that, fucking year it, it is, it is. Yeah. if you have paid attention not just you <laughs> but if anyone's paid attention to the browns over the last three years fucking i nick chubb i would be so pissed i would that would be my arch enemy would be kareem yep. hunt. the dude gets I have him in a zero love i have nick chubb in a league and it pissed me off Every single time because they always they bring in Kareem Hunt as soon as they jump it's in. Same like shit a, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yep, but same I do shit, love but... that tandem. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I agree. As uh, fantasy tandem, it sucks ass. Yeah, yep. But yeah, and then like on the flip side, McCaffrey just you know seemed non-existent in the offense. But again, I think that that is just like feeling out what you have with this quarterback and this system. Um, I think next week we'll probably see McCaffrey get a lot more involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next game, Colts Texans. I I don't know why so many people were high on this Colts team heading into the year, and I, this is obviously hindsight twenty twenty. But I didn't like them in our preseason review that we did. Matt Ryan, this as old as he is, heading into this team, don't love it. Yeah, I mean they have really good talent on both sides of the ball, but you're it's detrimental to your team and your offense when you're on your sixth quarterback in six years. Like I, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, unless you're somehow getting Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, um, some of these up, upper tier guys bringing in anybody else every single year, one year after another. And for the last few years, it seems to be either like washed up or just carousel quarterbacks. You're not going to, you're not going to look good at least from the get go. Like, 
I think for week one is not super surprising to me. Now, if they start to pick it up and find their offense, kind of like we talked about with the Panthers, that you know, then they might find a head of steam and do something. But for week one, it's just every single year for them. It's like, I mean, you think about it week one last year, they lost to the Jaguars, and that's the same way they ended the season. Um, so, or maybe it wasn't week one, either way, they lost to the Jaguars twice once at the beginning, once at the end. Um, so it's just trying to find it. And if you're doing that year in and year out, you're never going to be successful. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, they're relying, they're putting a lot of faith in just their run game, uh, with Jonathan Taylor. Don't get me wrong. Solid running back, but it's not going to win you games. Obviously we saw it going to have to start passing and, Matt Ryan, well, yes, he can be a decent quarterback. They pretty much only got Michael Pittman to throw to. Yeah, which so. he looked really good. But um, if that's the only person you're throwing to, it's not really great for your offense dynamically. No, and on the flip side of things, Houston didn't even look that great. Davis Mills had a 46.3 QBR, 98.9 QB rating, two touchdowns, 240 yards. Yeah, so it's not even that great. And their run game was horrible. So bad. Damian Pierce let me down in a big way. I had him in my flex this week. That was a mistake. Did you really? I didn't have much of an option. My team was horrible. But <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he scared me. I have him in the league, and I was like, I need to see him first. And I was watching the fantasy pre-show before uh, Red Zone kicked on, and the girl, and the girl was like, "Yeah, they're without uh, what? What's Darius Leonard's name now? Sha- Shaquille? No he idea. Went, he wants to go by something. Anyway, they're without him. So the lady was like, "Yeah, Damian Pierce is a must start in all your lineups if you have him." <laughs> and then he fucking comes out and does this shit. So yeah, it was a big letdown. Not not looking good for the Colts and definitely not for the Texans, the fact that they had a 17-point lead. But, hey, side. on the bright side, they play they're, both, for they're, the both leading, they're both leading the division because the other two teams lost. <laughs> that is true. Nobody in this division got a win, which is hilarious to me. Um, Giants-Titans. I fell asleep about close to halftime of the late slate or the afternoon slate woke up mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. With about three minutes left in this game and I got to see the very ending and it was devastating because I had, I was just telling Ethan, I had the Titans in my survivor pool. Yeah. If I would have walked into this podcast tonight, you hadn't watched any NFL games this weekend. And I said, I'm going to give you two stat lines 
you tell me whose they are. And I say 18 carries, 164 yards and a touchdown or 21 carries for 82 yards. Would you think it Henry or Barkley for which one? And I would have told you Henry for the 164 yards and a touchdown all day. That was what was the biggest surprise to me was the way that the running backs played in this game. Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley definitely returned to his form. Can he keep it up though? It's just, again, injury for me with, with him. And what does this offense look like with Daniel Jones? Because if they start stacking the box against Saquon Barkley, he can be as good as he wants to be. If he's fighting off six, seven defenders every single time he runs the ball, then he's probably not going to keep up this pace. But if the offense can spread it out a little bit more, you can open up the field for Saquon Barkley. He could be dangerous this year as long as he stays healthy. That is true. But at the other end, you have Daniel Jones, your quarterback. Yes, you I don't do. see a lot for this <laughs> Giants team. Yes, I think they'll they will get some wins here and there. I don't think they're going to be completely awful. I still think I they're still, last in their division. Depending on the status of Dad. Dak Prescott, yes. Yeah. On the flip side, boy, oh boy, do the Tennessee Titans have some problems uh, in the receiving game. What the fuck were they thinking trading away A.J. Brown? Yeah, and and it's it's so funny to me, too, that you look at Julio now, and the dude's like in shape. Looks it looks probably the best he's ever looked health wise, and they also lost Tom Brady. Team. It's a Tom Brady effect. It is the Tom Brady effect. But man, that but dude, receiving core is bad. It's it's bad. It is so bad. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. You are relying on Derrick Henry to win you games. Yeah, you're and and uh, Hilliard as like a supplemental piece because he, I'm pretty sure if I'm right, led the team in receiving yards and obviously touchdowns. He was five yards behind Kyle Phillips. Gotcha. So, so close out of the backfield too. So you're relying on two running backs to carry your team to success. Yeah. Trail on bursts. We get three catches, 55 yards outside of that. Like Robert Woods had one catch, one catch. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're going to need to give Brian Tannehill a lot more help than that. Uh, the future is worrisome if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. I'm definitely you know who else? like my hand is on the panic button already. Call me. Crazy. You want to know who else's future is worrisome? The fucking Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about this next in. Yeah. Holy shit. To be fair. Again, not to say I told you so, but I didn't think I did not like the Cardinals heading into this year. I saw the the uh, route that Kyler Murray and this team was heading at the end of last year. They look horrible. Their defense sucks. Their offense is not good. They don't have anyone to throw to. Yep, and I and I don't do. care that you played Patrick Mahomes. And yes, Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback, even though we're not Chiefs fans here. We're, I'm not going to deny that. But we just talked about it with some other teams. You have an offense that just lost a big weapon and you brought in a lot of new pieces to really try to figure out what you're doing. Typically, that takes a game or two to feel out. And you let the Chiefs just absolutely run and throw all over you like like they've been doing it for years. So, I mean, I guess technically they have, but not with that uh weaponry that they have i guess so the fact that you just let them drop 44 on you like it was nothing speaks volumes to what their defense is going to be like this year 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you let him drop 44 on you, Patrick Mahomes having 360 yards and five touchdowns with basically one returning pass catcher yeah. in Travis Kelsey. The other ones all new. I mean, Mikola had three catches outside of that. Juju had six. MVS had four. Sky Moore had a pretty solid catch. Um, and then you get run on, I'm going to say all over because it is all over by a rookie running back who wasn't even supposed to see the field that much. And yeah. Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> he and he, I'm, so, if I'm thinking, he didn't really have a ton of carries until the second half. And even before that, Clyde Edwards Alaire was running all over you. Like the dude had seven carries for 42 yards. And on top of that, two receiving touchdowns. If you take just their running backs, you take away the Patrick Mahomes and MVS like trick play. They, they averaged over five yards a carry with their three running backs. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. I have one for you. Buy, sell, hold Juju Smith-Schuster. I, you know, I thought that he could do something in this offense coming into the season just because, you know, he had a good game. He had six catches, 79 yards on eight targets. Yeah. For me, I'm selling. Selling. Yeah. I think the value, I think the value is top dollar right now. I think he's coming into an offense for the first time, excited. The guy that can throw the ball. So we saw what he could semi do in Pittsburgh. But I don't think it is going to be maintainable for him because I don't think he's that talented. I think MVS finishes with a better year than Juju. I think that's fair, and I'll I'll tell you why I like that uh, like thought process is because MVS is closer. I'm not saying he's as talented. Obviously, he's definitely not. So don't get me wrong there. But I think he is closer to the style of play of Tyreek in that yep. he's fast. He gets down Deep the ball. field. And he's a deep ball threat, and Juju is not. So that is where I would agree with you: is that yes, he. I think he's going to see more um, success because he's going to be hitting those home run hitters. He's going to be getting open for Mahomes downfield. And he's going to score more, I think. And I think as Sky Moore gets more comfortable, he's going to assume a bigger role in this offense. So Juju's yeah. production is going to go down for sure. Uh, that's. What, I mean, I'm just saying, if I had him, I'd be looking to to get him off my team for, for a bigger piece and something that someone might think that he has value in. That's just, I got a good place. He could go just, you know, off the top of my head. It's a team that doesn't really have very many wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that one next. If we want which, to, which we'll, which we'll lead into that one next right now. Packers Vikings, Jarrett loved the Packers. He still loved them on Sunday morning. I think he had a lot of hate. I don't know why. And the Vikings, I knew the Vikings were going to be that bad. Boy, oh boy, did the Packers look pretty rough. But that's yeah, nothing new. Yeah, I, I was literally going to say I had two takeaways from this game. Is One, the Packers are obviously not going to be as good as they have been in years past, and I'll be the first one to admit that. I still think they win this division. I think it is going to be close, and I could see them losing it to the Vikings which again goes back against my pick earlier this year and that the Vikings would finish worse than the Lions. They proved me wrong this Sunday. It's one week. We'll see what happens, but their offense looked real good. And I, I don't even think the Packers defense looked that bad. I just think that the, the Vikings found a way to just every play, man. They just picked up chunk yards. Justin Jefferson got open. And I will say fucking Kevin King was out there. So it makes sense as to why 
uh, Justin Jefferson got open over and over and over again. But uh, yeah, I I don't have any really explanation for that. Rodgers, I mean, I think I told this to you guys yesterday. As soon as he threw that beautiful pass on the first play on offense and Christian Watson dropped it, I was like, we're losing this game. Like, it's over. Like, if that's what the day's going to look like, it's over. Yeah, that was uh I mean that's just an entire momentum shifter and confidence builder. I don't know how you dropped that pass. I I don't know if I would have dropped that pass to be honest with you. I, was <laughs> I know there's a lot of emotion, a lot of excitement. You're like, holy shit, huge for your I mean that for your career, just the momentum shift. I know might be a little dramatic here, but <laughs> the the trajectory that you take of that being like the first half of your career right there and having that big of a touchdown catch. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And And I will say one big takeaway for me for this game, for the Packers moving forward um, is that I think the Romeo dubs hype is real. He didn't do a ton in the game. He only had four catches for 37 yards, but he looked like he'd been on the field for years. I mean, he was their leading technical quote unquote receiver, but I'm saying receiver pass catcher he uh he had one really bad route that he ran the very first route um or the first pass that was thrown to him that was miscommunication after that looked like he'd been doing it caught him all he he gets open um when he does get open he creates space after the catch which looked really good to me i think that he's gonna be a dynamic weapon in this offense and he's gonna have to be because they don't have anybody else that's gonna catch the ball right now yeah, it's it's looking their their receiving core is looking a little rough and washed up. Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. Let's just put those two together and go back about eight years. We might have a good good wide receiver. You have two ancient guys and two brand new guys, and that's your offense. And like I was talking to Travis about this earlier. They lost thirty eight to three to the Saints last year, week one, and I was panicking along with a lot of other people. And then they went thirteen and three in their next sixteen games. I don't think that's gonna happen this year in the same way, but I'm not hitting the panic button on this team until I start to see this more consistently. If they go out and they lose to the Bears next week, then I'll panic. Uh, I'll put immediate panic button, sell the whole team, get rid of Aaron Rodgers, let Jordan Love play the rest of the season. Then I'll panic. But until that happens, I'm, I still got hopes for this team being successful. That is fair. That is fair. The one thing I would say, and I've been hyping on it for years, I know you love the tandem. Get Aaron Jones more touches. He does. He needs, he need. I, one in general, just get the running backs more touches because they were the most efficient duo in this entire offense the entire day yesterday and, or two days ago. And they only combined, I think, had like, 12 rushes 15 sorry 15 15 rushes and out of the backfield in the passing game only had uh eight catches and that's somebody that's a tandem right there who regardless of who it is should be getting 30 plus touches a game because of how they play for sure for sure but on the other side of the ball you look at the minnesota vikings and an absolute must bet every single game the rest of the year is justin jefferson's yards yes Absolutely. I mean, he's the front runner in this offense. He's the only person they're going to throw the ball to. Adam Thielen's taken very much of a lesser role in this offense over the last couple of years. And Justin Jefferson is, I mean, there's no one to compete with him. No, there really isn't. And they, 
They spread the what I based on what I watched yesterday. They spread the ball around to the other receivers just enough that Justin Jefferson somehow is always open. Like you, when you think they're going to go to Jefferson, they dump the ball off to Thielen, KJ Osborne. They get the ball to Dalvin out of the backfield, and then the very next play, Justin Jefferson runs just the most beautiful route in the world, and he's wide open for thirty yards down. It's stupid. It's very stupid. Um, I am getting tired of the like respect the talent. I do. But when for some reason when I see him doing well on TV, it annoys me. I really hate the gritty now. <laughs> the gritty's pissing me off at this point. Let's find something new. It looked it might it looked cool. It was really cool. Now the new season rolls over. Let's find something else. It's the guy from Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. So his over in yards, if it's reasonable. Yeah. Him and Cooper Cup, pretty solid bet. And a guy in this game every single week, Raiders Chargers. How right was I about this Devontae Adams, uh, Derek Carr connection? Because holy shit. Yeah. No, it uh, looked real good. 17 targets, 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Chargers, are we buying into the same amount of hype, or do you still want to see some more out of them? Or did you see enough to where you're like, they're good, but I don't know if they're still Super Bowl contenders. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, I think I think they're still one of the best teams in the AFC West for sure, even with all the talent out there. Um, I still think they're obviously a playoff contender and Super Bowl contender. I think is more fringe for me. I think what we need to see more of is um, one, what they're going to play like next week without Keenan. So, so what do these other receivers look like that they have? I know it's only going to be one week that they're without him, um, but in the chance that he gets hurt again, or he's not the guy that he used to be who's stepping up behind him. Is it uh, Mike Williams? Cause it wasn't yet, or it wasn't Sunday. Is it uh, Joshua Palmer? Because it wasn't Sunday. It was guys like Carter. It was Gerald Everett as the tight end coming out of the um, woodworks, uh, not woodworks as he was fine with the Rams the past few years, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so it's just like, who, who is the go-to guy for them? If Keenan's not that guy. Um, if we get more of a clearer picture with that, if the run game steps it up because it didn't look that great on Sunday, then yeah, if their offense becomes what we think it's supposed to be in that dynamic, you know, putting up points like the Chiefs used to back in 2019. Yeah, I mean, looking at the box score of this game, it it's not super impressive on the Chargers side of things. You look at Derek Carr, 
I go you know, without those three picks, you probably win this game. So the Chargers defense definitely won in this game. Justin Herbert obviously did his part as well in like spreading the wealth. But mm-hmm. this Thursday night is going to be a big tell tale sign of how good they really are and what can they do without Keenan Allen. So they can if they can go into Arrowhead and win without Keenan Allen against this Chiefs team that what we just saw last week, I will believe in all of the hype around them. If they get I mean, they blown average, out, I'll be like, okay. They average two and a half yards to carry running the ball, which scares me. Yeah. That's why I want to see more out of that too. But for sure. Um couple few games left or two games left. Sunday night game, Bucks, Cowboys. Wow. What most boring game of the week. <laughs> so bad. It more, was more boring uh, than the Monday night game. Uh before Dak went out. Yeah. He's He's, he's, I don't know what happened to him. You want to know this how? Is the one thing that I'll say my prediction went wrong. My pre- preseason predictions. Dak looked horrible. Yeah. Uh, this game was so boring that I fell asleep before the end of the third quarter. I didn't even see the Mike Evans touchdown. And I didn't even I see was going to say, I was like, something happened. Me and Jarrett were talking the next day. We were like, I think Ethan went MIA last night. <laughs> Just nothing. We heard nothing from you. <laughs> I literally fell asleep at uh, so early. I mean, I. I worked both days this past weekend. Um, That's why I told them till, too. Yeah, I worked till midnight Saturday night and turned around and worked a. Uh, I taught CPR at eight a.m. Sunday morning, so I was zonked. But that game was also just hella boring. I just I couldn't stay up for it. I was like, I gotta Dude, go to bed. It was literally a fucking just field goal bowl. Uh, yeah, Cowboys only team all weekend long didn't score a touchdown. Yep, and I had the money line. So uh, that worked Woo! out real well. Me too. Uh, yeah, it looked ugly. Bucks. I'm not going to say they looked good. Somebody who no. did look good, Leonard Fournette. He looked very solid. Uh, Cowboys, I think something that they need to do moving forward, and I think they're going to have to now. But regardless of what, whether or not they have to, good for their team. Give Zeke the ball more. Yes. He didn't I get agree. the ball nearly enough. It was never even like a blowout. Like they were down by a score. And they got down by like nine, like get him the ball more. He averaged five yards carry. You're only giving him 10 touches. He's got to get established in that game, whether it's in the passing game, which he can't catch. And they only gave him one target, but give him the ball more out of the backfield and you'll do better. Yeah. I don't know what happened to where people just stopped believing in Zeke because yes, I, well, and I mean, I didn't know what happened. He had you know, we have like some fumble fumbled issues and yeah. He, yeah. He had a stretch where he fumbled the ball like five times in like three games or something like that. But my thing is, is that he's always been a very, very consistent and successful running back. So I don't understand like where the one year it was just like, Nope, sorry. He's, he's not a lead anymore. He's not good anymore. We're going to get Tony Pollard yeah. the ball. And now he's just, He's just a guy who touches the ball every so often and gives you chunk plays when you need them. And people Sorry. are shitting on him. People are shitting on him, too. They're like, yeah, he's not what he used to be. I'm like, he's just as good. He runs just fine. He's in probably the best shape that he's been in in a few years. If you mm-hmm. look at him, like he's not thick. Uh, he looks good. He runs the ball well. So I can give him the ball. Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, not looking good for them. On the flip side, Bucks 
the only reason I think the Saints still have a good shot at that division is because the Bucks didn't look that great either. Yeah, and Chris Godwin went down yet again. Yeah, and what's so sad because I like Chris Godwin a lot is that he looked good before he went down. Like he was he was cutting well, looked like he didn't even get hurt with the ACL last year. And then of course, one catch, there goes the hamstring. <laughs> He's out for potentially Dude. several weeks. Well, you just you have who, there's just some of those guys in the NFL are walking band-aids, bro. Yeah. You know who I mean he didn't look bad, but I'm hoping that it is a little bit of a telltale sign that my prediction's coming true is like Brady didn't overly impress me. He had some good throws. His arm looked fine, oh, yeah. but I'm I'm just like I don't think he's gonna be what he used to. I think this is the year. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, he's definitely getting older. He can't throw the ball 35, 40 times like he used to be able to. I mean, he only had 27 pass attempts, 18 completions. Not great, Cotton. No, no. Now let's go on to the Monday night football game. Broncos, Seahawks. Seahawks snuck out with the win. I have so much to say about this, and it fucking makes me so happy. Ethan's ass tap bet. Love it. Wasn't too confident in it. He was. So it's a good loss for him on the books for the Broncos. Two, Russell Wilson looked absolutely uncomfortable and atrocious. Like so many checkdowns. Fucking checkdown king. You know who you know who might have won on that game last night? If they were playing Drew for the Broncos? Drew Locke. I, I'm just gonna say that right out right out front. I think that he I think that he could have won that game last night. He could have made that throw to Jerry Judy that was 10 yards underthrown that Jerry Judy just Dude, happened to bail Russell Wilson out on. He was underthrowing everything. He just, I'm telling you, just checking down on everything. Whether, Yeah, he didn't turn the ball over because he refused to take any risks. And before like, any of you people out there say, well, you guys are just Russell Wilson haters, Travis is probably one of the biggest Russell Wilson fans that I knew over the past several years. So it has nothing to do with us not liking Russell Wilson. It has everything to do with the fact that he just didn't look good in that offense. I I was a freaking – I rode on Russell Wilson's coattails for the last two to three years, ever since the Rams left. Well, I know the Rams left longer than that ago. But for the last two to three years, I have been a backer of him because people are like, oh, he's aging. The Seahawks aren't going to be as good. No. I – respected him i think he's a good quarterback but man oh man he looks so fucking bad it was unbelievable i don't even, i just there my words could not describe and the fact that nobody was saying a whole lot I'm like if this was drew lock out there name would be getting drug all over the place oh he to lose his starting job next week to teddy bridgewater that's what would have happened yeah it was it was horrible. And then on the other side, how you're gonna get pieced up by Geno Smith in the first half of that game and and want to claim that you have a good secondary? Get the fuck out of yep. here. I was about to say, uh it's unfortunate because Geno Smith looked good, and that means that Drew Locke is probably not gonna see the field anytime soon. So as Drew Locke fans, it kind of sucks. But uh he'll was, get his shot. Yeah, it was amazing for me though to see the Broncos look as bad as they looked because that just holds everything to my prediction being true that I knew they weren't. I definitely knew they weren't going to win 11 games. I don't know if they're even going to win nine or 10 now. So. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. It looks great for both of us. Uh, the 49ers for me, Broncos for you. I will say this though. Geno Smith. Yes. While he looked phenomenal, phenomenal, wow. Phenomenal <laughs> in the first half, 
he got shut down. I mean, they did nothing. They didn't score a single point in the yep. second half. So I don't know what the deal was with that. The Broncos looked bad. See, I'm not even the Seahawks didn't even look good. The Broncos just looked that bad. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that Geno Smith did exactly what Pete Carroll wanted him to do in that offense and just be a game manager. I mean, it's not like he threw the ball down the field. The dude had 23 completions for under 200 yards. So he was averaging eight yards a completion, which isn't great. Um, he, he got the job done. I'm not going to say that he looked bad because he looked fine, but he definitely wasn't like if, if Drew Locke was out there, probably would have had a couple picks, but he also probably would have thrown for 300 yards and a few touchdowns because he likes to throw the ball down the field. If he, if they let him, let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's week one NFL. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot. I think it was so crazy that we need a week two to kind of decide a little bit more of what teams are uh, for their identities for this year moving forward. So spoiler alert, I don't have very many NFL picks on my slate this year. Um, this week. Like this year, Jesus. Yeah, this week. <laughs> um, without that being said, we're going to take a quick pause for station identification and then come back for the rest of the episode. All right, so after our NFL recap, we'll do a quick college football week two takeaways don't really have a whole lot to cover because there's a few big upsets one for me texas is absolutely not back uh even <laughs> though they very well could have and probably would have won that game with quinn ewers behind the helm but i think not only that but it proves that alabama really isn't either yeah i th- that was my two biggest takeaways is neither of those teams are back um, not to say that because Texas looked bad, but because they're never going to be back. They can believe all they want to. Um, their their last opportunities to be good are going to be the years before they jump into the SEC because then they're going to start having this happen to them week in and week out. Um, and then on the flip side of that, yeah, Alabama won by one to a team who had their backup quarterback playing for a majority of the game and only put up 20 points. That's that's not great if you're the number one team. Now number two team in the nation. And it's not like they had like a game where they were winning and let them come back. They had to come back and win that game at the very end yep. and like kind of battle out for it. So, yeah, not good for Alabama for sure. A couple other – we get we can talk a little bit about this even though not too many people care unless you're a fan. Mizzou, uh, while we were all wrong, we lost a total of six units <laughs> on that Mizzou game. Uh, I, I just speech. I don't know. I'm not speechless. I have a lot of things to say. Uh, well, I don't know what needs to be done with Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah. And it sucks because the dude is a God recruiter. Like if That's we could thing. just move he him just into the recruiter. recruiting office. Yeah. Um, we, we would be probably set to be successful. You know, I'm, we're not going to go out there and win national championships, at least not at this moment in time. But we go out there and we might be able to put up respectable seasons, eight win seasons, playing bowl games like Mizzou was doing five, six years ago. Well, seven, eight years ago. Let me uh, backtrack a little bit further. I'm getting old. He's just not um, a head ball coach. But he's just, to me, he doesn't have, and maybe I'm wrong because I don't know the guy, but to me, he doesn't have like the personality to no, dude. put fire like under your ass. 
to get the job done on the field. I'm sorry. He looks like a nerd. So I, I, I just don't know. You're <laughs> right. And also, like, who is making the decision on these quarterback hierarchies? Because why the fuck, when Brady Cook is bad, are you not putting in, even Tyler Macon, you're putting in what's the fucking transfer dude Jack from? Abrams. Yeah. Abraham. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that is not the, the dude doesn't even look like a quarterback for one. Like, he, yeah, he probably because he looks like, he looks like an accountant. Because this yeah. is his fucking seventh year in fucking college football. Yeah, well, that's also <laughs> true. And I'm like, you know, you could put in Tyler Macon, you could put in Sam Horn. Now I know Sam Horn is a true freshman, and that's not as common but as why it not? Used to be. But why not? Give him, give him a chance. Give him a chance. I don't know. It's just Brady Cook didn't look good. He, his first drive, I was like, oh man, like this dude's running everywhere. We're I like, know, he's gonna look great good today, and then it just fell off the wagon wheels, man. It was bad. Yeah, me and Ethan were texting back and forth at the beginning of that Mizzou game. It looked good, even though we had to settle for a field goal. Things looked good. Defense came out, got gashed, and I was like, okay, let's see how the offense responds. And then they never did for the next two and a half quarters. And then uh, it was just in the second half, pick after pick after pick. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was bad. So Mizzou plays Abilene Christian this week for family weekend. That'll be a nice little confidence booster. And then they go to Auburn. I'm curious to see what that spread's going to be. We'll we'll go we'll do it now before week week three gets underway. Let's guess the spread for week four what it's going to be versus Auburn on the road against Auburn. Auburn's two and zero, oh, but they're not a team that they've been in years past by any means. Are I you mean, looking at their schedule right now? Yeah, I I'm going. 11 and a half. It's a weird number, but I'm going 11 and a half on the road against Auburn. Um, simply just because Auburn is not like a scary, scary team this year. Now, if you want to look forward even more and you want to say, okay, what about the week five matchup against Georgia? I bet that <laughs> one's more like 31 and a half. So that much. I'll, I, I'll say I 13 against Auburn. Georgia's at Mizzou, is though, isn't it? They are, yeah. I'll I'll say twenty four. Fair. I could see it being somewhere in between what we both just said, but yeah, it's it's going right. to be big. So, all right, there we go. Let's a little look ahead as to what we might be eyeing on the other side of things. App State beat A and M. Embarrassing. Bad. Bad for the culture. And Marshall beating Notre Dame, not much better. That did happen. Um, Notre Dame now 0-2. Unbelievable. Um, who do they play this week? They, they go to Cal. Yeah, I, play I, Cal was home. At that and I was like, do I bet it? Do I uh, do I take a chance that Notre Dame starts 0-3? But I, I stayed away from it. just because. Uh, who has Cal beaten this year? UC Davis and UNLV, I'll probably stay away. Now, I might look at that next week when they go to North Carolina and then they play BYU. That'll be a good game at home. BYU might be underdogs, might be a good one to take there after Notre Dame gets a couple confidence builders back up. Yep, and I got BYU on my slate this week just as a little preview for you. Yep, I do too. I think Jarrett does as well. Uh, The game that that really blew my freaking biscuits away, Baylor and BYU. Um, Yeah. Wow. Ba- I don't know why Baylor should have won this game. The play calling 
was absolutely atrocious. Were you watching this game? I watched bits and pieces of it, but then I had to go to work. The ending, they had the ball uh, on the, obviously, overtime, start on the 25, 20, whatever it is. And they just, like, ran, run the ball three times, get to fourth down, worry about it then, and pass the ball then. So they got a first down. They were on, like, the five-yard line, run, run, run. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, try to throw the ball once. So, obviously, ended up losing. That's not the part that blew my mind. The part that blew my mind is that number 21-ranked BYU playing number 9-ranked Baylor was a favorite, a favorite at home and rushed the field. (laughs) I did not know that they rushed the field. What else do they have to do out there? They fucking rushed the field. Bunch of sober virgins rushed the field. (laughs) I'm like, dude, come on. Are we just like, what? how is that exciting anymore? No, people rush the field, rush the court, whatever now for no reason these days. So I get in an important game, but I mean, maybe if you take down number nine, number one, Alabama as an underdog. Yep. But you took down number nine, Baylor as a favorite. So there's that. (laughs) Um, I don't really have any other huge stories for college football. No, top 10 just looked crazy this past week we'll see what happens this week if these teams bounce back or not but otherwise you know we can start jumping into our picks you ready oh i'm ready all right your first pick of of the the 2022 week two two drunk brothers draft week two three i hate Um, the college football and nfl don't line up i yeah two and three um Full disclosure, I forgot to put what times these games took place, so Travis might know them. I do not off the top of my For head. For fuck's sake, Ethan. Um, but I'm pretty sure this first one is Saturday at noon. At least we're going to hope so. Um, it is Florida at USF. Actually, they might be at home. Um, this is how bad. I did really good prep this week and then just completely forgot to put the important stuff like where are they playing and uh, what time are they playing. But anyways. Florida and USF? Yep, that didn't bother me at all uh the uh where or when or how because florida it's at 6 30 off. p.m thank you appreciate that <laughs> um still on saturday though <laughs> the uh none of that mattered to me florida just came off of a really bad home loss against kentucky kentucky looks to seem like they're real this year we can talk about that another day um but i am taking florida Big spread minus 24 and a half over USF because I think they're angry and I think they're going to bounce back in a big way. Um, I, I I don't think this team is bad. I don't think that they are like some sort of, you know, playoff contender by any means, but they're playing USF. Um, they've got a lot to play for here after coming off of a home loss. And um, I don't have a unit on it, but I think that they're going to blow them out of the waters. I could see this being a 30 to 40 point game. So give me Florida minus 24 and a half one unit. Okay. Okay, I like that. Um, my first game is going to be at 11 o'clock. We're saying totally different times because Ethan is Eastern. Everything <laughs> that we post, though, we go central time zone. So that's fair. Do the math on that. Uh, it is number six, Oklahoma at Nebraska. And Oklahoma is an 11 and a half point favorite. And I am taking that for two units. I love this. Oklahoma. I, I'm not. I'm throwing Nebraska, looking bad, firing Scott Frost out of the equation, and just on the fact that Oklahoma has looked that good, 
being only 11 and a half now this might be trappy as that's the only thing that scares me is that too many people might hop on this because of the whole scott frost thing and now it's like kind of like a national thing and people are aware of it but before that i mean you guys know i bet oklahoma week two or week one at one, I like this even more. Nebraska's 0-3 against the spread. 11.5 really isn't all that big. So no. I, I I like 11.5 by Oklahoma here, two units. Wow, that's crazy because uh, I have them on my slate as well. Um, okay. I only have them for a unit and a half, but I'm taking the exact same pick, minus 11.5. I looked at this line, and I was like, this is a no-brainer. I almost made it a lock of the week and I almost threw three units on it. But then I remembered that I did that last week and got my shit. <laughs> so um, I only took a unit and a half. I cut that in half for me, but the, the line was way too good to pass up. Nebraska one wasn't a good team with Scott Frost. Um, they might be a better team without Scott Frost, but also it's just so hard one week out of losing a head coach to really know what your identity is. You're playing a top 10 team, damn near top five team in the country. Um, whether you're at home or on the road, that's just that's something that's way too hard to overcome. Give me Oklahoma minus 11 and a half all day. I could even see this line moving to 12 and a half by the end of the week, um, and I'd still take them to cover. So, all right, I like it. I like it. You like it. I don't know what Jared's gonna do. Uh, he's throwing his picks in after this, by the way, guys. So, he will have me and Ethan's picks, and then Jared's gonna toss his in at the end. Uh, my next one, and I'm going to steal another pick out of your mouth, is BYU versus Oregon. Uh, the spread is two and a half. No, it's three and a half. Yep, I was about to say I got him at three and a half. Three and a half. Keep the points. Taking BYU money line plus 142 units. Oh, we're eating all day. Um, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. I... Did not take the money line. Um, I got scared because I was like, ooh, field goal. You know, you ne- you just never know. Um, never know. But I, I love that pick. I need the value. Oregon, I need the value where I'm at right now. Yeah, well, that's fair. And Oregon is not impressive. I'm sorry. They, they put up 70 points on a horrendous Eastern Washington team, a team whose quarterback threw for what? I think it was like 73 yards in the entire game. Um that is not a testament to how good Oregon is. That's a testament to the fact that they played. And I'm pretty sure Eastern Washington is an FCS team. Um, so you got your doors blown off by Georgia. You turned around and you beat a shitty school. And now you're going to turn around and play a top 15 in the country and a BYU team. That's looked very good. Their first two weeks in play. Um, I don't even know why they're underdogs, to be honest with you. It's I, I know they're on the I road. They're but, on the road, but I guess yeah. that's it. Yeah. So, so give me BYU plus three and a half is what I'm taking them at for a unit. But I, I almost put more units on this as well because of how good this game is. Yeah. Like I said, I'm taking a little bit of different approach this week. I'm only going, I'm trying to, uh, smaller, smaller, shrink my slate a little bit, throw a little bit more units and get a little bit riskier. So that's why I did that money line. Uh, I know we didn't do a recap of the top, so we'll cover it now where we're sitting right now. We'll go first to last. Ethan is up 2.7. I am down, or Jared is down 5.25. I am down 8.54. This past week, we went 6, 16, and 1. I know, horrible, horrible. Down 13 units, but 
The West Virginia game, if that swings the other way versus Kansas, which was very, very, very close. The uh, the Cincinnati game swings the other way, which obviously we know how that went. And if uh, the Titans game swung the other way, again, all field goal games, very, very close. All those swing the other way. We are dead even on the week instead of down 13. So very close. Just wanted to give you a rundown of the standings and where we're at. Ethan is still in the lead, not by as much as what he was halfway through this past weekend, though. Um, Cincinnati would have made that extra point at the end of regulation. I hit a near six unit, um, or, you know, it was plus five sixty. I think is what it was parlay that would have hit. And then instead it didn't. (laughs) So it is what it is, but, uh, so you have more picks and I've stolen your past two. So go ahead and give me your next one. Let's do it. Um, I do not have any more college games though. Um, but that's fine because I will jump straight into my first NFL pick of the week. Um, I told you, I told Travis off air that I was going to get a little crazy with some of my picks this week and that I might lose my ass or I might win my ass. My first one is uh, the Steelers Patriots game. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, I am actually just taking Steelers money line plus 100 for a unit over the Patriots. We talked about them a little bit earlier and that, you know, we're not really sure about this team. It's led by Mitch Trubisky. Um, that game was kind of a shit show. If they don't have as many turnovers and sacks as they did, they probably don't win. But I'm also not just a huge believer in the Patriots who just got shut down by the Dolphins, who are a very good team. But The Patriots, I just don't think, are a good team. I don't think they are dynamic on offense. I don't think they're dynamic on defense. And I think the Steelers, with as good of a defense as they have, are going to hold their own and ultimately win a what I believe is going to be a very low-scoring game. Okay. I don't hate that. It scares me because (laughs) the Steelers have to play just as good. Eh, I don't say just as good. I'd say their defense can have – half as many turnovers and still win that game against the Patriots because their offense isn't as, isn't as explosive. It helps that they're at home, but it does help. So I don't hate it. You said just one unit, one unit. Yep. One unit. Okay. My next game is another college game. It is Saturday at three o'clock. It is the Kansas Jayhawks at the formerly ranked Houston Cougars. Um, the line, the line is 10 right now Ethan do you know what way I'm leaning I would think that you're leaning Houston plus 10 
Um, but I could be wrong just because minus of the way 10. Kansas has been playing. Oh, Houston's minus 10. Well, that's fair. I would think you're leaning Houston minus 10. Sorry. Um, just because I think, I, I mean, I still think that they're the better team, but I could see you going Kansas plus 10 because of the way they've been playing. I'm going Houston minus 10. Yep. And I may end up regretting this, but I just don't see a world in which Kansas can keep this up. Their talent is not there. Yes, you could say Travis are two and zero. You know they they're averaging fifty five points a game, four hundred and sixty yards. Cool. They played Tennessee Tech, and then they played West Virginia. Who maybe West Virginia is just that bad, or maybe they just had a good game. Yep. On the other side of things, Houston's one and one. They beat UTSA, which we know is a good team. And then they lost to Texas Tech in overtime in a very, very, very close game on the road. Both of those games on the road. So they get their first game at home. Big, big 12 game. I think they cruise, take minus 10. I'm going to go two units. I think this is a trap line for the opposite side. I think people are going to look at Kansas and be like, oh, I'm getting 10 points here, averaging 55 points a game, not knowing the history behind Kansas football program over the last 10, 15 years. Give me Houston minus 10 for two units. No, I, I like that pick a lot. I think that, well, I mean, you have to remember like Houston went into overtime their first two weeks against teams that I would argue are a lot better than Kansas. And, you know, until I'm proven wrong, Kansas is still one of the first or one of the worst football programs in the country. And so a team like Houston, who, you know, people were arguing at the beginning of the year, were going to be the ones to dethrone Cincinnati in that conference. Um, haven't looked like that team the first couple weeks, but could easily still be that team. And I could see them coming out and just stomping Kansas into the ground during this week. And when I said two big 12 teams, I meant future big 12, obviously, because obviously, yeah, Houston's going to the Big 12. People probably were like, they don't, they're not in the fucking Big 12. This guy's <laughs> on crack. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Um, obviously, if I don't have any more college plays, that means I'm still sticking in the NFL. Um, my next play is also a money line pick. It is also a money line underdog pick because I just can't seem to stay away from plus value this week. Um, it is the Dolphins. At the Ravens, they are plus three and a half on the road, but I am taking them straight money line, only a half unit because I'm a little pussy baby. Um, (laughs) And I am taking them straight up. I talked about this earlier. I did love the way that the Dolphins defense looked this past week. I know there's question marks around Tua, but that offense looks pretty dynamic. And then with the Ravens, again, question marks around what their offensive – is going to look like, sorry, what their offense is going to look like. They, they didn't look great rushing the ball. I know that that could just be a factor of the game that they played. Um, I don't know what their receivers are going to look like with the loss of Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews didn't, wasn't super involved week one. Um, I think the dolphins are going to come out and they're going to try to prove themselves as trying to be competitive in the East with the bills. And I think that they take this game on the road. I, I hope so. I hope you're right. <laughs> I would never do it myself because, you know, that is our team. But from what I saw week one in the offense, in the defense, I think that it is possible. The only thing that scares me about that is the history 
and the Ravens against the Dolphins. Uh, they have just absolutely just beat our fucking dick in the ground. Ever since I've started watching seven, like six, seven years ago, uh, they, they just have our number. I don't know what it is. They just destroy us every game. I hope you're wrong. I like it. I like our chances this year. This is the the best Dolphins team I've seen in quite some time. So I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm. Go- I made the switch, ladies and gentlemen. Ethan, all college picks. Ah, nice. I got two more. I'm going all two unit picks. Five two unit picks. My next one, Mississippi State at LSU. This would have to be a really good game on ESPN five o'clock on Saturday. Mississippi State is a two and a half point favorite on the road at LSU. I'm taking money line, Mississippi State minus 135. I think it's a great pick. I, I don't have anything sad about it. But. Yeah, I I think Mississippi State, while they it took them a while to get going at Arizona last week, they eventually did and then rolled from there. They ended up beating them by 22. They covered the spread 2 and 0 against the spread. Because of the two and a half, I know that you're like, oh, it's only two and a half, win by a field goal. I'm not taking the chances. At minus 135, I'll lay a little bit extra juice on the road. Maybe it could come down to an instance where LSU ties the game. They or score a touchdown to tie the game instead of kicking the extra point. They go for two to win or vice versa. Uh, I'm not going to get screwed with that. I'm just going to take the money line. Mississippi State has looked really good. We saw LSU come out against Florida State and kind of shit the bed at home in the season opener. They played Southern University last week, <laughs> so that's not even in question. Meanwhile, Mississippi State has played two legitimate teams uh, and done well in both. So Mississippi State, money line, two units. No, I like that pick a lot. I, I'm not a believer in LSU just yet. Um, I don't care that they had a bounce back week last week. It's just – the something about the the Kelly area the Kelly era that uh scares me. So I like that pick a lot. All right. Um jumping into my next pick. I how many units again, do you have left? Um a lot. I have two, three, four, five units left. So half my slate. Okay. I'll let you go three picks in a row because I only have one more. Deal. Let's do it. Um my next pick is I've been going kind of out of order with the time. Like I said, I didn't do the times. I just looked this one up. It is a 1 PM. So noon game. Sorry for you. Central folk. Um, on Sunday, it is the jets at the Browns. Um, we talked about the Browns and how I'm not sure we can be believers with Jacoby Brissett, but the jets haven't covered a game in September and whatever the amount of length that Jarrett said to us earlier, um, <laughs> Jarrett brought up a really good point to us in our group message earlier this week. I already had this pick on my slate, but it just kind of um, confirmed it for me even more. He said that they haven't recovered a game in September since 2019. Um, when the wind is blowing nine miles to the East <laughs> and the sun is slightly over the left edge of the cloud. And Tyrod Taylor is somewhere getting his job taken by a future franchise quarterback. Um, that is that is the stipulations for this game. Regardless, um, the Jets didn't look good last week. I know the Browns aren't some like stellar team, but I think that they have enough to get the job done. I'm taking the Browns minus six over the Jets just for a unit, um, just because I, I think that they get the job done pretty handily. <clears throat> 
if you have nothing to say about that, I'll jump into my next bit. Sorry. What do you think, uh, playing hypothetical here, what do you think Zach Wilson does to this game? Would you like it worse or better? I mean, I think I'd I'd like it worse pick-wise just because Joe Flacco didn't impress me last week. When Joe Flacco jumped into the the starting lineup last week, if so we can say – um, Jarrett texted us and was like, Ooh, what do you think that's going to do to your line? And at the time I was like, honestly, I don't know. Like Joe Flacco might be a better, a better game manager. He has the experience. It might not work in my favor. And then they got blown out. And so if Zach Wilson jumps in there just because young dynamic, whatever, um, could hurt a little bit, but we'll find out. Fair enough. All right. What's your next one? My next one is my biggest play of the week. I don't have a three unit play this week i stayed away from that because i got burned um but it is two units it is a because you know time matters it is a 305 p.m start for y'all in central time it is also another road uh person that i'm taking it is the seahawks at the 49ers again i know we've talked about how we feel either about geno smith but i feel a little bit better about geno smith in the game we watched this past monday night than I do about the 49ers team and what we watched in uh, Chicago last Sunday. And the Niners are nine-point favorites over the Seahawks. I know they're at home, but I'm taking the Seahawks plus nine for two units because to me that seems way too big for a Seahawks team that did not look bad against the Broncos and a 49ers team that did look bad, granted in a monsoon, um, against the Bears. That's just way too big of a spread for me. I've taken two units plus nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that there. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else to add just because I, for me, whatever commentary I have to add on NFL picks is going to be just a toss-up because, like I said, for me, I just that's why I didn't have any. I needed to see more. There was a lot that I was that I could complain about from this past Sunday that I need to see more out of certain teams before I wager my ass on them because I'm already down eight units. I'm down ten units to Ethan. So I need to make some money back, bitches. Ethan, what's your next pick? Yeah, my next pick is actually a primetime game. And for those of you who are listening, I know that we didn't talk much about primetime games this week. Um, full disclosure, there are four of them this week. If you didn't know that there are two Monday night games. So, uh, check those out. Obviously nice Monday night, get home from work, watch two football games. It's amazing. Um, mine is one of those Monday night games. Actually, it is the Monday night at eight 30 PM. Sorry, seven 30 PM central time games. It is the Vikings at the Eagles. I told you that I was taking big gambles this week with road teams and taking big gambles with, uh, people that I was picking. I, having watched the entire Vikings-Packers game last week, was very impressed by the Vikings, full admittant. So I'm taking the Vikings because they are two-point dogs at the Eagles. I'm taking it for a unit, um, so nothing crazy. But Vikings plus two at the Eagles. Um, I, I just really like that pick. I think the Vikings offense is super dynamic. I think that the Eagles, while they look good, um, they did let the Lions right back into it. It was a three-point game. I think this game is close. I think the Vikings ultimately win. I almost took the money line. I wanted the two points just to be safe. Vikings plus two, one unit. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right. Yeah, I will also. So we're, we don't have props up yet because uh, we we did our props last last week. The two games that I looked at, there's like no props yet on DraftKings right now. So I don't know if we'll be able to add those in this week. Maybe we can, I don't know, tweet them out or something later on the weekend or later on before the weekend. Not sure. Um, but, yeah, I like that. The, for the Eagles, I mean, they just they didn't look complete on defense. Uh, they they have a lot show me than what the Vikings have, so I like that a lot. Uh, I'm gonna roll into my fi- fifth and final pick now after Ethan gave us a lot of his. So it's got it's a two unit pick. It is Texas Tech at number sixteen, North Carolina State Wolfpack at six o'clock on Saturday. The line is ten. I'm going to take the plus 10 on Texas Tech side uh, on the road. North Carolina State, they, as we all know, were on my shit list after week one, beat Eastern Carolina by one point. Cool. They came back, beat Charleston Southern 55-3 last week. That means nothing to me. On the other side, Texas Tech, they're 2-0 as well. They just came off of a pretty impressive win at home and double overtime against number 25 Houston that we just talked about. Their offense, pretty incredible. Um, they're able to score. Their defense on the other side is actually pretty solid for being a Big 12 defense. They're starting to get their shit together year after year in that Big 12 conference. Plus 10 uh, versus a North Carolina State team, which to me, yeah, cool. They might end up winning, but covering 10 is going to be pretty tough against this Texas Tech team. Yeah, no, I, I actually like that pick a lot. Um, I don't have a ton to add to it. I think that your analysis was pretty good, but I uh, I also like that you stick or stuck. Sorry, I'm three beers deep now, which I guess nowadays is enough. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I like that you stuck with college this week because I think it gives us a good variety of picks. You, I, you seem to know more college, I feel like, than me and Jarrett do, and I like to stick to my NFL, so... Um, I like that pick a lot. All right. Fair enough. I had no parlays this week. Tardy, I've lost two units total on parlays. Let me see how I do this week before I might add one in. I was I said told you I wanted to load up a little bit more in games because over the last couple weeks I've I've been winning my one unit games more than I have my big ones. So I'm gonna keep them all all steady the same. You probably what got two picks left? I got one pick left. This is all it. right. Give it and to this me. is this is a parlay, and it is a big one, 
and it is only for one unit. Um, I am over two on parlay so far. We're going to see what happens this week. I've already talked about three of these teams. So I have OU, Moneyline, Steelers, Moneyline, and Brown. So it is a mix of college and NFL, by the way. Um, Oklahoma, Moneyline, Steelers, Moneyline, and Brown's Moneyline. The one team that I have not talked about that is the fourth and final team of this parlay is Vanderbilt at Northern Illinois. They are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Northern Illinois, a team who beat Eastern Illinois by seven and lost to Tulsa by three. Vandy, I get is Vandy. They are two and one. They looked pretty good their first two weeks. They did come back down to earth against a ranked Wake Forest team. But you're telling me that they are two and a half point underdogs to Northern Illinois. They're playing in DeKalb. That should be the easiest win of Vandy's entire career. And they're already two and one this season. Um, so I put Dude, that, that seems the- that seems weird to me. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm sure it's a trap. I'm sure I'm going to lose my ass on Vandy in this game. <laughs> but uh, just the fact that they're underdogs blows my mind. So this four-leg parlay, OU, Vandy, Steelers, Browns, is plus 673, and I'm taking a full unit on it. Sheesh. I mean, there's is there something we're missing here? Got to be. I'm sure I'm missing something. I'm sure I'm going to get my ass kicked that they're – Northern Illinois is going to come out and win by 15 or something, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at, at this game like, now. I'm looking at this game now straight up. I'm going to bet Vandy Moneyline on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. It blows <laughs> Dude, my mind that that's even a They're going to lose. You know they're going to lose. <laughs> like, I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to bet it. They're going to lose. I do not care. I'm still going to bet it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't understand it. I had to throw it in though. So big, big uh, value play here. Obviously, plus six seventy three is a huge line, but it's only four teams, so it's the biggest uh, value I've had with the least amount of teams in a parlay so far this season. Yeah, I mean, lots for you. It's low risk, high reward because you're yep. up a solid amount. You could do this now. Now, come week seven or eight. If we catch back up, you're going to be like, I shouldn't have thrown out a parlay every week for the yep. last eight weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like that. I like what you're doing here. Lots of lots of variety from Ethan. It's one that you're not really going to be able to lose your ass on because uh, you have you have a variety of picks, a lot of smaller unit picks. Ethan's playing it safe. Got to play it safe. safe. He's, he's <laughs> milking this lead out. I'm just uh, giving you guys extra picks, up. that's all. You know, well, we're trying you to catch up. Units on these. Um, yeah, so those are our favorite picks of the weekend. I obviously have some more, but that's uh, I don't want to share those with you yet because I haven't been winning anything. Um, we didn't talk about primetime games. Our week one recap went a little long. This episode itself has went a little long. Jared's gonna look at this and be like, Holy Christ, how did you two fucks talk for almost two <laughs> how hours? Did, how did you talk <laughs> for that long? So, uh, here are jared's picks what's going on guys so jared here uh appreciate you guys listening this far if you have i'll keep it quick and give you my picture this week looking at travis's picks looks like he didn't go with a single nfl game uh not to blame him because nfl week one was weird but i think i got some nuggets so for me i got three college games three nfl games no parlays this week getting back on track my first game it's a friday night game um i was looking at the chiefs uh chargers game but decided to stay away from that the lions creeped up on it at four and a half in favor of the chiefs Weird line, same way from it's a rat line. Um, my first game is Friday night. 
Florida State at Louisville. Uh, the spread is two and a half. I'm going with Florida State money line here on the road against Louisville at a one at one and a half units. The money line's minus one forty. You can take take your points. Not trusting it with the way weird college games have been. Goes overtime, you can win by two. So I'm sticking with that. Here's the reason why um, Florida State leads this all time series 16 to six. However, they've lost four of the last six. I feel like Florida State's really fine in their groove. Louisville got trounced by Syracuse earlier this year. Also, Florida State's putting up about 515 yards a game on offense, which is a ton, and they're able to do a lot of it on the ground. They're uh, averaging 269 yards a game on the ground. That's key to controlling the game, key to controlling the clock, um, and I think that is going to help them out a ton in this game, so I'm taking them on the money line on Friday night. I got two more college games for you on Saturday. The first one, I see Travis has it on his pick sheet as well. Um, Oklahoma, he has it at a minus 11.5. I'm recording this Wednesday around lunch before I put out the podcast. I'm taking Oklahoma at minus 10.5 for one unit. Um, feels like a big opportunity for Nebraska to get a, to get a win there. I feel like people are hammering them. When I looked at it two days ago, it was at 13, and I liked it. Um, 13 and a half, actually. Listen, Nebraska is a bad football team. I know they fired their coach. I think you might get like, you know, some people betting because, oh, they're going to rally around the new coach. I don't care. Oklahoma's the far superior team than blowing opponents out of the water. So I'm taking them at a unit. And then I see Travis has BYU money line. Um, I'll do you one better. I'm going to do BYU plus four um, at, uh, on the road against Oregon. Uh, at a unit and a half. I'll take the points there. Travis likes the money line, whichever one to do. Uh, I think the Cougars have a solid team. They proved me wrong uh, already last week, and I think Oregon's just not great. Bo Nix is a terrible quarterback. He turns the ball over too much. Can't really get a, a ton of things done. I watched BYU's defense really ratch up the pressure last weekend on that late, late night game. I think they can do it again here. So those are my three college picks, and I got three NFL Sunday picks for you. I'm not doing the Dolphins this week, although I do like them a little bit on plus four, but I'm not going to put them on an unofficial pick. You want a little tidbit there? My first one, I like the Pats money line. It's minus 120. Uh, I like two units on that one. Uh, they play the Steelers on the road. Steelers just got a big, gigantic win, a game they weren't supposed to win on the road against Cincinnati. Just feels like a big letdown spot. You see teams kind of coming off a big win when they come back home, getting uh, you know, just you know, losing games I shouldn't. Pats are zero and one. They lost in Miami. I don't see them start the season out zero and two. They got a really good defense. Uh, the offense got to get get things figured out. Uh, the Steelers just lost T.J. Watt. He was the big force for them on defense. I don't see the them pushing the ball on the field like Joe Burrow did against them, and uh, you know, having opportunities for a ton of turnovers. And to be realistic, I think the the Steelers had five turnovers and they only scored twenty three points total. That's not great. Uh, New England's not going to turn the ball over like they did against Miami. They're going to win this game. Money line on the Pats, minus 120 for two units. My next game is going to be um, – sorry, let me get back to my sheet right here. My next game is going to be the Panthers. I like the Panthers' money line, plus 110. Again, they're also going on the road, playing the Giants, another team who just won a big game on the road. They shouldn't have won against Tennessee. Coming back home, again, feels like a letdown spot. The Panthers didn't play bad football. We're you know, subject to, to some bad calls. I think Baker Mayfield figures out that offense a little bit more. Probably looks a little more sharp in, in, in Week 2. They utilize Chris McCaffrey out of the backfield. Um, I, like the, I like the Panthers to beat the Giants straight up. The spread's 1.5. Take your points and shove them. I'm taking the Panthers plus 110 at two units. And then my last unit bet of the week for the NFL is Browns minus 6 at home against the Jets. Listen, I don't know if Ethan and Travis talked about it, but I gave him a little, a little bit of a betting advice. 
the Jets haven't covered a game in September since 2019. September 22nd, 2019 is the last time the Jets have covered the spread in a September game. I like this one a lot. I think the Browns control the game on on the ground. Their defense is good enough. The Jets look so, so, so bad last week uh, with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I doubt they make the switch to Zach Wilson. They're probably going to ride Joe Flacco a little bit more. I think the Browns beat them by probably two, three touchdowns. Um, win this one easily. I would have made this my three-unit bet. I just didn't have enough units left to give out, um, so I'm making it two units. So all my picks are two units in the NFL. Uh, just to recap, give you guys a, a brief recap here. FSU Friday night money line minus one and a half or money line minus one forty one and a half units Oklahoma minus ten and a half against Nebraska one unit on that BYU plus four on the road against Oregon one and a half units on that two units on all my NFL picks Pats money line minus one twenty Panthers money line plus one ten Browns minus six against the Jets take it book it we're turning this thing around um, and my prop of the week I didn't really look at it. But you know my prop, I'm going to take whatever Devontae Adams is over on receptions for the Thursday night game against the, the, the Chiefs this week. Whatever that is, I don't care. Take it. I'll look it up real quick. Um, pulling up the, the Chiefs. This is on Bavada. Devontae. Uh, it's not pulling up for me. But whatever it is, take it. I don't care. Um, because that is what is going to hit. I'm scrolling down right now, see if I can find it real quick. Um, receiving props, here we go. Total receiving yards, total receptions, Devontae Adams. Doesn't look like they have it out yet, but whatever it is, I'm taking that. So Devontae Adams over on total receptions in the Thursday night game. That's my prop of the week. Take it, we're turning this thing around. Um, Thank you guys for listening this far. It's been a longer episode. There's a lot to recap. I'll be back next week. We'll maybe introduce some more fantasy and DFS stuff this season. Until then, guys, uh, have fun, take it easy, and peace out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.